Welcome to My Autism Tribe, a community of advocates that are linked by autism but bound by strength. This is a time to find our sounding board and shoulders that help us carry life's load without the fear of criticism. We give and receive. We nurture and empower. I'm your host, Susan Scott. It's widely known that physical fitness and exercise lead to better physical health, but it's less widely known that there are both mental and behavioral benefits as well. Experts have proven that consistent exercise improves concentration, attention, organizational skills, which leads to a reduction in problem behaviors. Today's episode features Mark Fleming, founder of Puzzle Piece Fitness. He was diagnosed at the age of three with PDD, NOS, then formally diagnosed with autism at the age of 11. His special interest growing up was sports. He constantly heard how he was able to read the box scores in the paper before he could even read. He also had fine motor skill deficits that prevented him from playing the sports he loved so much. But he had something greater. Parents that not only allowed him to play, but pushed him to play. After graduating with his bachelor's and master's from the University of Alabama, he set a goal of using functional training with individuals in the autism community. He not only incorporates strength and cardiovascular training, but also incorporates exercises that help with motor planning and social skills. He wants to be a person that these individuals can turn to so they can see they're not alone or helpless in this weird world that we live in. Hi, Mark. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm so excited to talk to you today. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm excited to talk to you as well. Good. I know you've got a lot of amazing things going on. You're based in Tampa, Florida. You went to University of Alabama, but you are a man on a mission, and I'm excited for you to share your story on your journey, and um, don't want to take it too far back, but I want you to let everyone kind of know your autism journey starting uh, at the time of diagnosis. Um, So yeah, I was originally diagnosed with uh, PDD, NOS, roughly around the age of three. At that time, it was good enough to get uh, insurance to cover uh, occupational, physical, and speech therapy, um, which at the time were the only things that were kind of seen as the main deficiencies. Mm -hmm. And so I graduated all of those, and then by the time I was 11, my dad had to transfer uh, for his job, so we all moved. Um, It was at the end of fourth grade, so right before middle school and everything. It was just a big move, some major regressions uh, socially, and thus uh, I got the uh, Asperger's diagnosis at that time. Even then, all I was told really was it was a uh, social thing. Uh, I had social difficulties that um, at times my brain was a train track um mm-hmm. but besides that i didn't didn't even think about sensory stuff or or a lot of the learning difficulties or things like that it wasn't until after uh i came back from uh, my master's degree that i started working with uh individuals with autism that i started to notice hey other people don't notice these things outside this population. Normal people don't, or neurotypical people don't uh, deal with these things that I've been dealing with um, since I kind of just didn't really talk about all 
all that stuff growing up because, I mean, I just thought it was all normal. Sure. And you have, and have mentioned before, a set of great parents who have been a very crucial part in your life as far as pushing you, specifically with sports. I read on your website that you know, you always had this special interest in sports, but had trouble playing playing them because of different motor planning deficits and, and things of that nature. Um, but your parents pushed you to do that. And I think that that's really an important lesson, not only for people on the spectrum, but the parents and caregivers too, that you really only, um, you, you shouldn't set limits and expectations for your loved ones that anything really is possible. And I'm so glad that I found the Puzzle Piece Fitness because your mission is to help those on the autism spectrum because as we all know, Physical activity is so important. Exercise, physical fitness is important for everyone. And what you saw was that people on the spectrum were lacking in that. And so you wanted to fix that. Why don't you tell everyone about how you kind of ventured into the physical fitness space and why you saw it was so imperative? Yeah, so um, going through, through college, I really didn't know uh, what I was going to do, so uh, it took me quite a while to get into exercise science, but once I got into it, I excelled, but after uh, college, like many people, uh, just had trouble getting into uh, the workforce, and so I took a job um, in applied behavior analysis as a behavior assistant, and uh, from there, I saw that as I also volunteered with Special Olympics, that some of the deficits I saw in kids that were six and seven years old, I saw them in these 30-plus uh, adults that were coming to Special Olympics that, that obviously uh, they graduated because the, the deficits were gone, but then due to a lack of uh, activity and just uh, keeping up with doing exercise and stuff like that, the, the problems came back. Mm-hmm. And at that point, you're not really allowed to go back to through that insurance kind of thing with, with PT and OT. They're kind of like, well, you're, you're functioning enough now. Right. But obviously, uh, quality of life is still uh, deterred quite a bit because you're not uh, if your gate's off, you don't want to walk around as much. If you don't walk around as much, you're not being active, which leads to weight gain. Weight gain leads to diabetes, cardiovascular disease, all those uh, negative health consequences. Sure. And so after seeing that, I decided, hey, I know exercise science. I know how to, to train. I know how to work with these individuals why not bridge that gap? Um, because looking out, there were only maybe two or three at the time in the United States working with this population in this kind of area. And so there was an obvious deficit. There, there weren't any real uh, avenues for individuals with autism and related disorders to work out to go to a inclusive environment for them 
Sure. Because gyms can be very uh, distracting and overwhelming, even for a neurotypical person. Yeah, so that's right. That that's when I decided, hey, let's uh, let's just start a business, see what happens, and it kind of just hit off. So. I think it's a great thing that you mentioned, you know, at a certain point, the occupational therapy, speech therapy, all of those, it's that, you know, the especially with the insurance companies, once those deficits, quote unquote, are not there, or you've aged out of a program, then it's no longer available. And then what happens? So I think the great thing that the part that I really, really, really love about you and your mission is that not only are you providing this this physical activity program, these exercise programs um, for the autism community, but you have the empathy. You are an individual who has autism as well. And so you understand and can empathize with those on the spectrum about physical fitness and how sometimes the gyms can be loud and distracting and why it's so important that you still have the physical activity and that doesn't have to necessarily be in a typical gym setting. And so what are some of the things that you incorporate in your puzzle piece fitness gym, your business, that are more inclusive for the autism community? Um, so my, uh, my place is kind of like, it's pretty much a, a, I started off pretty much there with every client. Like there's nothing around or anything. We just start off from the ground up. So Pretty much during consultation where I'm finding out about the client, I find out about all the sensory issues, all the behavior issues, anything that may cause distress during a, a session with me. And so if lighting's an issue, well, I'm not going to have the lights on. If uh, sound's an issue, I'm making sure that it's as quiet as it can be in here, and if there is a sound interruption, I'm the first one to kind of understand, hey, there's a sound. That's why Joe over here is is a little more anxious than usual. Mm-hmm. Um, and take that into account into to breaks, into pushing the client or whatever we may be doing at that time to understand that the body's actually under even more stress now than mm-hmm. it normally is when you're just exercising because of those uh, sensory issues. And so, uh, obviously, we want to create the best um, environment that has positive impact as well. And so just being able to understand those from the get-go so that there are no negative um, feelings after or during a, a session so that the individual can can hopefully attain lifestyle changes in their exercise routine stuff. So Sure. And so really each of your programs is specifically tailored to each individual's unique needs. Mm-hmm. So do you find yourself working mostly with parents and caregivers or at any point in time do you also work with occupational therapists in their programs of incorporating like as their dialogue happening between their other 
programs that they may be in? Mainly just parents, caregivers, individuals with the disabilities. This is more just set up as strictly personal training. So okay. um, maybe one day when things are a little more settled down, I can consult. But right now it's just uh, its own thing. Sure. And what are your ages that you primarily uh, work with? Uh, do they start at a young age or do you primarily start seeing adults? Um, so I've worked with clients ranging from the age of uh, anywhere from eight to well over 50. Awesome. Um, so uh, depending on functionality and all that stuff, um, I do like to get some of the clients in here as young as possible just because they've already developed uh, some not bad habits, but unhealthy habits sure. um, that uh, if we can get them started before uh, they start to develop more physically, then then it can be an easier transition into adulthood uh, health-wise mm-hmm. because then they're doing these things while all that added stress from puberty and whatnot happens. Sure. Do you work with the parents and caregivers in, in the classes as well? I know some of the individuals may be there on their own, and and that's wonderful. Some that are maybe have a little bit more severe deficits, do you work with the parents and caregivers to work on implementing some of the things at home that they can be doing? What is that process like? I take every client on a one-on-one basis, so it really just depends on the client. I've worked with a parent in my gym. I've worked with parents on, hey, this is what I would like them to do at home. Uh, And I've worked with individuals as well where I'm like, hey, you need to be doing this uh, extra at home, uh, say, a, a older individual that uh, I was seeing maybe once a month that went to the gym by themselves, I would say, hey, this is what I want you to do this month, right? Mm-hmm. Every time you go in. And every time I saw them, I, I kind of knew whether they were doing it or not. And so it just, like I said, it, it depends on uh, every client because every client is uh, vastly different. Sure. And their needs. So. Yeah, absolutely. I read somewhere that, you know, as far as the playing of sports, it's just like any other kind of lesson that someone on the autism spectrum may have is that if you take something and break it down into smaller parts, then it's it's easily teachable. So let's say if they're playing baseball where you know, maybe you put two dots on the ground and that's where they place their feet. And so work with doing that. And then, you know, instead of just saying, step up to the plate, hold the bat and swing it, you know, it's, that's all too much to kind of organize. Do you work with sports or do you work mainly with like strength training, things of that nature? Uh, it's mainly functional fitness, so uh, exercises that will help them in their everyday lives. Okay. Um, so pushing, pulling, working on gait, 
squats, so sitting down, standing up, like you said, with that progression, most of my clients just start off sitting down in a chair or bench and progress to just touching a medicine ball or, or something like that so that, that they understand. I also have markers for where I want the feed and, and stuff like that. I'm constantly putting my hand out to say uh, a overhead press where I want um, the weight to be on coming down or where I want the weight when uh, we're fully extended and, and stuff like that to kind of give a, a physical feedback mm-hmm. um, of where things need to be. Awesome. So I'm going to ask you this question is just about you personally. What's your favorite sport that you like to play? Um, I, I haven't played sports in forever um, just because uh, growing up, uh, you don't uh, have a lot of a lot of time like you used to. Yeah. Um, I did really enjoy playing um, football and soccer. Soccer just because um, the kind of endurance aspect of it, the, mm-hmm. the, the high high pace and, and everything of that. And football just uh, kind of uh, like playing flag football in college, figuring out how to defend a certain offense or or just being able to kind of communicate and socialize in that team aspect was Mm -hmm. fun and and just being able to run around, you know. Sure. People ask me all the time. uh, I have a son, Alex, who's five and a half. And if I am going to be putting him into, you know, t-ball or a basketball team or things of that nature, and his special interest is science. He that it's it's not so much sports, but I tell you, from the endurance standpoint, the kid could run around this city ten times before he got tired. So, I think something for him would be, you know, he's really good at kicking a ball, maybe soccer like that. He loves to swim. He's a fish. Um, his upper body strength isn't as it's he's just not as strong in the upper body and so that is something that we're going to work with as far as your parents allowing you and pushing you to play sports how did you initially feel with that was there hesitation were you anxious about playing sports or was it just hey I'm all in it was just natural um my, my family's a long line of, 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 of individuals that have played sports, so it's, it's almost kind of in my blood. Mm-hmm. Um, I was always just one of those people that if there's a ball rolling around, I'm, I'm going to chase it, you know? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. like um, it, it was just natural. It was, hey, this is fun. I don't know exactly why um, could be numerous amounts of uh of things but it was it was just the fact that i was being physically active i think that mm-hmm. uh, i was just moving and yeah and that in of itself was i guess producing enough dopamine to just make me enjoy it that's awesome i've even heard too that you know several mothers have mentioned before buying a Wii you know, the game system at home. And even if it's something like that, just getting your child 
or loved one up and moving, if it's walking around the block, if it's sprinting to the end of the street, you know, if it's just something to kind of get the heart rate going um, and then make it like a game, you know, it's, it's not therapy. I try to do that as much as I can with my son on the things that I'm kind of rolling over from his therapy programs into the home setting is that you just, if you, if you make it like you're playing, then it doesn't feel like work. And that's where the positive influence can come. Kids need to be kids, <laughs> you know, and just try to make it as fun as possible and get their attention. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, there's been numerous amounts of studies that have shown that, that physical activity helps with every single aspect of life, especially in, in children that are um, still developing mentally, academically, all those things that if they're not sitting down all the time, then they're, they're giving their, their brains kind of that rest, but it's also initiating neurons that are, are working and that are, are uh, helping the brain kind of adapt. And when you make it fun, then it's going to be lifelong. I mean, I have numerous amounts of clients that even though it's not, it, it's more of a typical personal training setting to where we're, we're doing exercises that anybody really can do and that some people may not enjoy them I still have some young clients who are like I can't believe we're 40 minutes in and it's just like well we're having fun you know so yeah it, it, it's it's just all about creating a environment to where uh an individual enjoys the activity yeah, absolutely. And that's the same for anyone. It's like, if I'm stuck on a treadmill, I, it is, it can be torture, I swear. And I, I have to have the TV on, you know, something in order to distract the time that I'm spending on it. Um, but I think it's, again, that's an individual thing. Just finding that that one thing or those two things that keep you going and um, and then just clinging to them. But Mark, what is one thing that you would like to tell to people on the spectrum, to parents, caregivers, any kind of advocates in the autism community? What's one thing that you would like to share with us? It's the most important thing to you about autism and just physical fitness. I personally believe exercise, physical activity is probably the most important thing an individual uh, with autism can do mainly because of the neurological implications that exercise can have for an individual and the fact that uh, it's pretty much you're communicating between your brain and your muscles, and, and I believe that can carry over to other sensor, sensory uh, places in, in the body and also with um, dealing with, with stress from, from everyday life and, and stuff like that. I mean, I think one of the main reasons why I didn't have and still don't have uh, very many sensory issues is the fact that I stay active and that I've been very fortunate that I haven't had to be in in special ed and and other kind of specialized uh, environments because of the fact that I guess I've been able to be so active and, and be able to just kind of 
deal with everyday life sure. better. That's awesome. Well, Mark, I thank you so much. It has been such a pleasure speaking with you. And I loved hearing about your puzzle piece fitness uh, business and just your mission. And you sound like just such a wonderful human being. Thank you so much for sharing with the My Autism Tribe community. We're all rooting for you here and only wish nothing but the best for you. Thank you for having me on today. In conclusion, children on the autism spectrum are still children. They can play catch, swim, play, run, just like their neurotypical friends. Perhaps they need to be taught in an adapted way. Break down complex motor skills into small tasks and teach them step by step. Perhaps adjust the rules of a game as necessary if they're struggling to remember them. It's absolutely imperative that every individual, regardless of ability or age, have access to exercise programs that are tailored to their needs. Thanks so much for joining me today and for being a part of my Autism Tribe. I'll see you next week.